Hello, and welcome to the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast, where we identify and explore ways that we can become the best humans that we can be, compassionate, wise, loving, confident, and courageous. I'm Reverend Dr. Arvid Straubi, your host, and I've been helping people grow spiritually for more than 40 years. I've been a congregational leader, a trained spiritual director, and a meditation coach, and I've also been a life long student of spiritual practices and traditions. Today I want to talk about death, something that we often try to avoid, but this is a time of year to do it if we're going to talk about it at any time. I was in Mexico when people were celebrating the Mexican holiday of the Day of the Dead, and this is just a a really interesting experience for someone from a, a different culture and the way that the Mexican culture deals with death. Um, you look around and there are these statues and paintings of, of skeletons. Um, by the way, the Day of the Dead is November 1st, uh, doing all kinds of things. There's these rock bands uh, full of skeletons. There's garage mechanics working on cars and their skeletons. There are families, there are priests, there are dancers. And what's very beautiful is that families put up altars uh, with beautiful yellow flowers and pictures of their beloved dead and things that welcome them, things that uh, they used to like to eat or drink when they were alive. Because that's the day when the uh, membrane between death and life is thin and the spirits of the dead can come. And that's not seen as scary, but welcome. My wife and I went to a local cemetery in Oaxaca where families were celebrating and picnicking at the graves of their beloved dead. And they... We're so happy to offer us a drink and to tell us all about their lost grandmother, wife, whoever it was. And while there was mourning, there was also joy. It was a very difficult, different kind of attitude toward death and that I'm used to here in, in this U.S. culture. And since then, I've in my personal altar, I've had a Day of the Dead skull-shaped candle holder because it reminds me that each breath we take brings us one breath closer to our last. Actually, this breath could be your last. This breath could be your last. I'm told that medieval monks, even if they were in a silent order, when they would walk past each other in the cloister, would say to each other, memento more, remember death. And I want to talk today about death and a life worth dying for. The anthropologist Carlos Castaneda studied with a Mexican-Indian holy man named Don Juan. And Don Juan told Carlos that death, far from being an enemy, 
is an ally. That death is always there. Death is there on our, over our right shoulder, our left shoulder. And Don Juan told Carlos, a warrior considers himself already dead, so there's nothing to lose. The worst has already happened to him, and therefore he's clear and calm. Judging him by his acts or by his words, one would never suspect that he has witnessed everything. In my 50th year, I went on a retreat. It's called the Living, uh, it's called um, Living with Dying Retreat. This is a retreat for professionals, medical or other social workers, ministers who work with people who are dying. And this retreat was led by Zen Master Joan Halifax. Uh, we did so many interesting things because it wasn't an academic exercise at all. It was confronting our own mortality day after day in a silent retreat. We used some Buddhist contemplation of death practices. We imagined what could be the worst death that we can imagine for ourselves. What could be the best death that we could imagine for ourselves. We visualized the experience of dying we kind of died in our imagination. We each wrote a death poem. And at the end of that retreat, I felt so light and I felt so free. Not what I expected. And since then, I've been trying very hard to make sure that I don't leave any unfinished business, that I take care of amends I need to make, that I try to keep my relationship clean with integrity and honesty. Now, we fear death in our culture. And, you know, I think people everywhere fear death, but one thing I've noticed here in, in the U.S., there's a lot of people I know who don't actually fear dying or being dead, but uh, they fear the American way of dying and what can happen. Too often, you know, everybody, it seems, the vast majority of people actually want to die at home in familiar surroundings surrounded by loved ones, but most people actually die in a medical setting, sometimes subjected to painful procedures, connected to machines that artificially prolong life and agony of the final illness. Some people fear hell, which I think is tragic because I don't believe in hell. Unitarian Universalists don't believe in hell. The thing to fear, I think, if you're going to fear anything, is fear of having a wasted life. In late 2006, my friend and colleague Forrest Church was diagnosed with a fierce form of esophageal cancer. He had a short remission, 
seemed to beat the odds, and then it came back with a vengeance, and he prepared himself to die. In his last, and he did die, in his last months, he wrote a book called Love and Death, and that's one of the most profound and healing books that I've ever read. I can't recommend it highly enough. F. Forrester Church, Love and Death. In that book, he wrote, Death is not life's goal, only life's terminus. The goal is to live in such a way that our lives prove worth dying for. This is where love comes into the picture. The one thing that can't be taken away from us, even by death, is the love we give away before we go. I so agree with that. To live a life worth dying for. Every day, all the time. That should be our challenge. That means letting go of fear so that we can give away all the love that we can. And that also means to take full pleasure and enjoyment in the incredible gift, which is what life is. Again, Forrest, life is not a given but a wonderful gift. That gift comes with a price attached. One day something will steal it from us. That does not diminish our lives. It increases their value. Fragility and impermanence ensure life's preciousness. We can only truly love that which we know we must one day lose. Think about it. Think about it. The things we love most, we know that we will, and the people we love most, we know we'll someday lose. I've been with a lot of people before their death and even during their death. And it's been my experience that people who die hard have a lot of unfinished business. There are broken relationships, there's resentments, there's regrets about living in a way that was not with their integrity, some harm that may, they may have done that has not been forgiven. That's been my experience. People who die hard have unfinished business. About that, Forrest wrote, all our lives end in the middle. There's ongoing business left unfinished. We leave the stage before discovering how the story turned out. In the meantime, however, to help ensure a good exit, one thing is fully in our power. We can take care of unfinished business. We can make peace with ourselves, reconcile where possible with our loved ones, and free ourselves to say yes to the cosmos, to embrace our lives and deaths, to make peace with God. You know, I'm agnostic about the mystery of life after death. I don't know whether there is, and I don't know what it would be like if there was. I'm open to the possibility that there could be something. I don't think about it that much. You know, there are many people who are convinced that there is nothing. Um, just as Mark Twain said, I don't fear death. I was dead for billions of years before I was born, and it didn't inconvenience me in the least. 
And some of the Buddhist teachers that I respect the most are quite sure that life can continue in another form. I don't know. I don't know if there's life after death. I don't know what form it will take. But I have faith that there is nothing to fear. And I do know this. There is life after birth. The revered Thai meditation master Ajahn Chah held up a beautiful drinking glass in front of his students. And he said, a student of mine crafted this beautiful glass. And I know that this glass is already broken. And so while it is whole and holding water, I enjoy this glass even more. Quoting Forrest again, Life is filled with danger. That's just the way it is. Finally, the Titanic always hits the iceberg. Hence the simple, if imprudent, bit of advice. Before it does, pick up the phone. Pick up the gauntlet. Do whatever it takes. Take a few chances. Dare to live before you die. No one has ever said on their deathbed, I wish I had spent more time at the office. You know, I've spoken to dozens of dying people, and almost always they wish they'd taken more chances. They wish they'd taken that trip they always dreamed about and postponed because the time never seemed to be right or that there was always time later and there wasn't. They wished they had said sorry and tried to reconcile with people they cared about and became separated from. They wished they would have asked for forgiveness more often. They wished they would have forgiven more often. They wished they had not postponed their dreams and that they had not simply gone about thoughtlessly day after day at the same old routine, not thinking about how precious and limited time is. Memento more. Remember your death. Everything that you have, everything you experience is a gift, an utterly precious gift. Please don't waste it. Savor it. Enjoy it. Be grateful for it. Spread the love that will live on long after you while you're here. I urgently need you to hear this from me. Remember your death. Remembering your death, what you need to do, who you need to talk to, who you need to forgive, who you need to love. Do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. This has been the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast with the Reverend Dr. Arvid Straubi. Let me respectfully remind you that life and death are of ultimate concern. Time passes swiftly by and opportunity is lost. Wake up. Wake up. Do not squander your precious life.
Until next time. Mm -hmm.